When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey, what's up, guys? Wow, back around the table once again. It's been a minute. It's been a little while. Chase Smith, Recon, and Hal Teague here. Talk about all the best things from the world of jujitsu and grappling. And it's been a busy couple of weeks, mm. right? So busy that we haven't been able to even sit down around the table and do what we do best, which is talking about jujitsu. There's a lot of stuff to talk about, right? I can't even remember when the last. I can't remember what the last before one. pants. Was before, before pants. Has it been that really? long? Really, it's been that long. Yeah, wow. it's good yeah. to be back. You you just got back from New York, both you guys actually were mm-hmm. at the, uh, the fantastic Kasai Pro Five show, yeah. which was I'm incredible. I was very uh, jealous I couldn't be there. It looked fun. It was amazing fun. It was really good one. I think, uh, man, like Kasai, they just you know they put in these events every couple of months and they just they just keep getting better and better. And I think they were. Um, there are some really interesting moments to talk about from Kasai Pro 5, and we'll jump, on to, jump into those in a minute. Because to be honest, man, some potentially huge ramifications from the events from that night that could could reach right through to the end of the year. So, But we'll get into that in a minute. But other stuff that we want to talk about, well, um, of course, we were at Pants, and you know that was really, really interesting. Okay, That just continued the whole... Uh, Levi Jones Leary is the next big thing in jiu-jitsu, right? Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that was one of the biggest things that we came away for, from that. And, of course, uh, Kainan Duarte. But, um, I mean, one of the biggest upsets of the tournament that we never really got to talk about, I think we should just mention it briefly here, is the whole Leandro Lowe thing, right? So who wants to jump in on that first? <laughs> I don't know why uh, scrutiny has fallen on me, but <laughs> to give you guys a rundown, if you've been living under a rock for the last couple of weeks, Adam Warzynski upset uh, Leandro in the... Uh, semi-final of that division crazy crazy match you know Leandro opened strong it might have been like the best opening in my opinion of of any of his matches that tournament and uh, somehow he got reversed you know he had Adam Warzynski's back Adam escaped swept took Leandro's back and submitted so very crazy turn of events there something we haven't seen in a very long time in any Leandro's matches I don't I don't remember the last time I think uh, no I do remember the last time I saw Leandro submitted and I think it was Bernardo Faria uh, in absolute the final division. 2016 pants absolute division, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, anyway, that's how long it is. Yeah. It's like every three years, you know. That's how long yeah, it was it like Bernardo out. just had Leandro's number there, like yeah. every time they fought. Then know? Leandro got huge. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that's a crazy moment. What what made you think of that? It seems so so far away in in light of Kasai Pro Five and everything else. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, uh, it's not that far away, right? It's uh, it's one of those things that. Uh, so you're that, just saying I'm wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> for, well, when for, you think for, about it in a different way, you're completely <laughs> wrong. <laughs> 
we we live in a very high pace, right? <laughs> you know, our our particular lives. You know that we're we're on the road almost every week, and we're following all these jujitsu tournaments. And sometimes it's easy to forget that Pans was only like three weeks away. Three yeah, weeks it ago. feels it feels. A- lifetime ago for sure <laughs> um, really jaded grizzled character in the middle here and he's like i don't remember what I did a week ago. it was like 10 years it was years ago ah yes when i was just a lad i remember that that match like it was yesterday <laughs> no yeah that was an awesome one for sure obviously probably the i remember i i, I said it was adam Wardzinski's biggest win of his career which maybe it's debatable but I, but certainly one of his biggest wins of his career for sure it happened I can't in the, think of a bigger one yeah uh, well i mean i i was i just think of the Herberth being a, uh, a big win for him too i remember that match being a big match Good but point. but um yeah definitely definitely i think probably his biggest match of the of um, his career and uh, he really he was really pumped I, and i just remember running off the mat and asking him how do you feel and him telling me like whoa 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 don't get too excited here, you know. Like, like I was like, I was so pumped. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe that just happened. And I ran up to Adam Morzinski. He was like, you know, very Polish. He just was like, calm down, calm down. We'll we'll see. We'll take this one step at a time. And I was like, all right, all right. Thank you, Adam, for putting me in check. Here. <laughs> I love Adam. He's such a uh, he's just such a cool character. You know, you never really see him like excited. You never really see him upset. He's just always really kind of like calm, focused, just, you know, but he's funny dude as well. I like Adam. He's got a really good sense of humor as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think I, I was looking for him to, to, you know, complete the, um, the Cinderella story and, and, and win the finals. But of course he ran into Kain and Duarte there. Hey, that, that was close though. That yeah, was yeah. a very, very, very close match. He's definitely made adjustments, right? They faced mm. each other at least three times. I can think of now the Rio Grand Slam, uh, the Abu, no, the London Grand Slam, and now of course Pants. And you have to remember the London Grand Slam, which was uh, like March tenth or something like that. So mm-hmm. like literally two weeks before Pants, kind of submitted Adam, mm. like with a choke from the back. Really. So That's for Adam to come back into this match like two weeks later, and I mean it was as close as you could ask for. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that was that was a much improved performance. I was very impressed by that. But man, Kainan. All Kynan. All Kynan. You know, he took the gold there. I mean, this is this looks like it might be his year. And, you know, we'll talk a lot more about that when we get into uh, Kasai Pro 5 talk in a moment. But, um, man, I feel like we should give some love to, uh, to fight to win right now. Because, mm. man, fight to win. These guys, they are like the dependable jiu-jitsu grappling show that you know are always going to be there providing week in, week out, incredible jiu-jitsu matches. And um, I think it's fair to say that 2019 has been a huge year for them as well, right? They've really invested a lot into uh, attracting more talent. They've got some just lining their cards up. It's a stacking them with like huge, huge big names. I mean, the last couple of weeks alone, they've had so many big names on their shows, right? Yeah, I mean, just the last last weekend at, in New England there, they had Orlando Montero versus Gustavo Batista, another guy from Atos who's looking like he's going to have a huge year, and then uh, Anna Carolina versus Luisa Montero. I mean, those are four of the, the biggest um, black belts in the game right now, for sure. And then to have two, both those matches on on one card and in in New England too he brought he brought these you know these Brazilians uh, who are at the top of the game up to New England just to put on a good show for the for the New England jiu-jitsu community um so I I've been loving what um what those guys have been doing lately really kinda, doubling down kind of cool right because uh, we talked about it before about how jiu-jitsu uh 
you know, the sort of the growth around the states that we really feel like Fight to Win has done a lot to kind of, you know, really drive that growth by by taking professional level grappling to places that never had it before. But that is a that's a pretty a big move, right? I'd say that's an even bigger move than maybe what they've done in, in the past. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, def- it seems like 2019 is is it been a, a real big year for them already, and and it seems like they're they're really doubling down and and um, you know putting putting their best foot forward in, in 2019. So I yeah, I just it. love that Seth doesn't make any compromises with with himself or the growth of the show. You know, he's very ambitious. Adding judo is has been a really cool new element for them, and he's Olympians on the show. Um, and of course, more and more high level guys like stacking out the car. Now we're seeing not just two or three matches, but maybe five matches with with elite ranked black belts. You know, this weekend we see the return of Eddie Cummings on Fight to Win, which is incredible. Uh, it's been like over a year, I think, since yeah. Eddie Cummings competed. We also have Mysa Bastos and Patty Fontes and Marilla Santana, DJ Jackson. I mean, those names are the very best grapplers on, on the circuit right now, and they're on Fight to Win. Yeah, uh, man, the uh, the last couple of weeks have been really busy. You know, we saw uh, Luis Panza versus Cyborg in a tremendous mm-hmm. match there in, uh, in in Florida. That was that was a lot of fun. Um, the last couple of weeks have been so good, but the next couple of weeks, actually, oh man, these are these are looking stacked. You mentioned right there this weekend we've got Fight to Win 108 in Philadelphia, um, and you mentioned some of the big names. Then the week after is Fight to Win 109 in uh, in Maryland. Now, as you'd expect, there are a lot of TLI guys on this card. Um, in fact, I mean, Malachi is talking right now. Hey, Malachi, what up, dude? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, got one watching. Malachi, I saw is. that. I thought Malachi is is booked with a fight to win uh, crew member Dan oh. Dykeman. I don't know if you guys saw that. Okay, uh, Dan's okay. been competing around a lot, and I saw that man that Malachi got got matched up with him. So, oh, Ma- Malachi always brings it. So uh, Malachi is one of our favorites to watch. We always... Awesome, awesome. But there's a lot of guys on there. You got DJ Jackson is going to go up against uh, Arnaldo Maidana in a nogi match, and then. Man, this is huge, actually. The co-main event is Jamil Hill mm. up against... Heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> up against Leonardo Sagioro. So that is actually a replay of the 2018 World Championship Final. That's that crazy. Great. And this time, of course, that was a that was a uh, uh, obviously an IBJJF 10-minute match, mm-hmm. you know, with the whole rules and points and everything. This time, boom, submission only. So... You got to think, how is that going to change and things? Both guys, guys are IBJJF, you know, points players to a T. So it'd be fun to see them open up their game and, and play some new styles. You know, Sajiora doesn't get enough credit. I think he's one of the toughest guys out there right now. He's and rock solid, yeah. Um, just an incredible, like, sweeping and, and, and pressure passing game from the Man, half guard position. You know, it's interesting what you, re- you mentioned right there, you know, that when you remove the points and uh, the, the highest scoring criteria in you know, Fight to Win is, of course, submission attempts, right? And, uh, I just think back to some of the matches we've seen with Jamil where he's um, sometimes he has to play conservative against a guy like Sajoro in IPJJF World Championship Finals. You're not going to give much away, right? So it kind of comes down to one of those like 2-0 matches or something. But then, you know, you see him against a guy where he knows that he can take risks and Jamil's everywhere. He's bouncing around, flying, mm-hmm. jumping guard passes, flying attacks, right? Now, you have to think without any points at risk here, like... Is that what we can expect? If so, I freaking hope so. Yeah, sign me up. I'm gonna watch that one for sure. And yeah. is um is Maggie versus uh, Amanda still happening this no, weekend? That's not still happening. It's uh, off, unfortunately. Gotcha, gotcha. That that was gonna be a good one. And right? I was thinking that they're they're seems like they're do, doing a they're running back a lot of these finals, uh, mm-hmm. big big finals that happened. Just so. to explain, Amanda Levy, uh, yeah, obviously the ADCC trials winner there at West Coast. She uh, she beat Maggie in the final, right? Yeah, she's armbarred viciously. It was sick. Whoa, that's <laughs> awesome. 
So uh, Fight to Win 109, that's uh, that's Maryland, and that's uh, the weekend after next. That's on the 20th. And then Fight to Win 110. Uh, 110. Well, uh, <laughs> this, uh, this, this dropped on the site this morning. My God, right? I don't think any of us expected the announcement that came out. But former UFC heavyweight champion Stipe Miocic Stipe. is going up against Aaron Howard in an inter-services firefighter versus police officer charity match a gi match no less a 240 pound purple belt match right there in cleveland ohio which of no, course is no, nowhere else can you see stipe miocic fight in a gi on the stage yeah it's incredible other than incredible. fight to win like this is what they those guys are great at you know putting together those types of matches getting those those stars like that this is this is like a quintessential fight to win match i feel like and i it's love that it's insane right? yeah it's <laughs> amazing to have such a uh, you know, possibly the greatest heavyweight of all time. You know, uh, UFC heavyweight of all time. The the former UFC champion Stipe Miocic on the fight to win stage. Like, I don't know if fight to win stage can contain <laughs> that man. And I, I assume that who he's fighting is is also a large man. So. Could you also imagine just being <laughs> a purple a belt man. though? Just some purple belt, and you're like, all right, I'll take a match with uh, Stipe Miocic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I've seen this guy in action, uh, Aaron Howard, and he's. Uh, He's he's pretty he's pretty jacked. I don't I don't think he'll have too many problems going head to head with a physical beast. But let's uh, let's see. It should be a lot of fun either way, man. I mean, like you know the the whole charity element, the whole mm. firefighter versus police officer. I yeah. believe that the um, the the whole deal with this is that the um, the the proceeds will go to kind of all. It's, it's to raise awareness for the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation, which is a uh, awesome, you know, an amazing project. Yeah, to, and, and that's something that that Fight to Win does um, as well throughout. You know, different um, events. They've, they've always been very, very um, charitable and doing these types of events, like the Submit Cancers and, and things yeah. like that. So, so the charity has been always been a big part of, of Fight to Win as well. So awesome to see them be able to link up with with a, a legend like Stipe and put on a show for the the fans out in Cleveland. That's going to be an awesome one, isn't it? Yeah, wow. super pumped about that. So, so good job. And then, um, yeah, I mean, there's a fight to win event every single month. Uh, sorry, every single week this month. You know, the, the, every weekend in April has got a fight to win event. So, no excuses for missing lots and lots of good jujitsu. Of course, don't forget we have them live on Flow Grappling, and we also have. Every single match from every single fight to an event is then individually uploaded to the site, so you can go back and you can watch those. And it's uh, that's a lot of jujitsu to ingest, considering they have what like thirty matches a week, 30, 35? We're getting close to forty on these shows now. How do you think Steve A's like worm guard? Is? <laughs> you think he's got a, a slick like lapel? Maybe he calls it a fire hose guard or something. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! You gotta go. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, this uh, one more event that I did want to talk about before we get too deep into Kasai is that, um, man, uh, the Houston-based Third Coast Grappling mm. have uh, got an absolutely outstanding event um, scheduled for June 21st. And uh, we had the first Third Coast Grappling earlier this year. Uh, it was a rather modest event with an incredible main event between Keenan Cornelius and Tex Johnson in, the, in a gi match. And, um, you know, they, they came pretty much out of nowhere. And their, their whole mission and their purview is, well, you know, we want to create like a, a solid super fight show here in Houston. And uh, the difference between their first event to the one that they're proposing here in June is just incredible. Let me run through some of these super fights. These are confirmed run down the highlights. super fights for you right now. And I know there are more in the works. But main event, TBD, but I've heard it's huge. And then you've got... Craig Jones versus Josh Hinger. 
Ooh. That's a fun match. Homelu Bahal versus Durinho. Damn. And then you've got Gabriel Arges versus Kit Dale. Mike Perez versus Jackson Souza. Uh, all the way down. Just got stack, stack, lo- tons of local guys. Some really, really good Texas-based or further afield grapplers. You've got the, the, the purple belt standout, Pedro Mourinho, up against brown belt phenom, uh, Roberto Jimenez. Victor Doria is going up against Raul Jimenez. In a, 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 I mean, that's a father and son on the same card. That's incredible, right? That's nice. I think uh, Will Tackett's on the card, too. So there's a bunch of, of fun matches there. And I really like their... their um, will to, to push the action and they have penalties for stalling and yellow cards and they really just want to see some fun jiu-jitsu and not sure I need to double check to see if they're still continuing this as well but um, in the first show they actually had like tech falls as well right mm. so if you scored X amount of points, points yeah, yeah then, uh, then boom that's it match over so a real impetus to, to go out score hard score fast you know or if you're down on points to you know get that back so um, yeah Mr. 10 million views himself Marvin Castell is on there as well against Jordan Holly and uh yeah just tons and tons of really good matches so. yeah i love it Lo- you know obviously love texas is becoming a, a huge hub for, for grappling obviously we're based here in texas but uh awesome to see those guys doing well and, and putting putting those texas stars like the 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 william tackets and everything like that on those cards um bu- building those those local stars so that's a, a stacked stacked card craig jones versus josh hanger has me has me salivating so i can't wait for that one that's gonna be fun Man, you got Craig versus Josh, two such good specialists in no gear, like specific moves, right? You got Josh with his hingatine, and you got Craig with his leg locks. It's a really interesting clash of styles, right? It's almost like who grabs their preferred appendage first. Yeah, Craig <laughs> should be very careful if he's going to do the wrestling up strategy he mentioned before Kasai, because mm. Josh really likes when people do that. Yeah, he does. <laughs> You've felt the hingatine, right? I have. It's a <laughs> terrible experience. I recommend it if you want to learn something, but does not feel good man I, I, I've i never felt it firsthand from Josh I don't want to I've I seen the size of his arms I think we can make that happen though if you, if no, you want to are you sure we can set yeah. that up probably I, I like my uh, my neck the way it is yeah <laughs> But I've used it, and I, you know, because I, I downloaded Josh's instructional, and I, you know, I studied the the setups that he uses for it. And man, I've been using it nonstop now for about a year and a half. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned that before. And I just want to say again, it is money, man. Mm. Josh's Hingatine series, the whole system of attacks, is so so good. Um, I just think there's no excuse for not knowing it, really. So, I. No, I'm not saying that Craig should download the instructional, <laughs> but, you know, he could. But. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Kasai Pro Back 5. Back to Kasai. Mm. Kasai Pro 5. Initial thoughts? Well, it's, it's got to be the, the, the text submission. I mean, that, that just probably was the most shocking event of 2019, I think, this year, right next to Adam Warzynski and Leandro Lowe. And um, some big who? upsets, yeah. Felipe Pena, of course. Right, sorry, sorry you. if you yeah, hadn't you seen go. that. Everyone out there, <laughs> there uh, may be some people who didn't hear because you know, okay, it was pretty much one of the biggest submissions of the year so far, if not the biggest submission, potential potential submission of the year candidate. Hundred percent. I mean, I, like I said, I was at home, I wasn't at the event live, and I was just watching the show go down, and I jumped out of my seat it's like, oh my god, I did not <laughs> expect that. You know, I wrote the preview, I, I did the analysis, I'm like. Mm. You know, Gordon didn't submit Felipe with a leg lock, and that's Texas thing. So maybe wouldn't bank on that. Prove me wrong. So and it was like what about a minute into that match? It was as quick, well, right? Yeah, it was quick because I I like ran back to switch lenses real quick. And I ran back and then it just like unfolded right in front of me. So and you just caught it. And I yeah. think actually that that tees up perfectly that we're gonna roll a video right now 
of that moment. Let's uh, roll the tape. Good yeah, thing you swap is, lenses, huh? This is definitely the, <laughs> the biggest moment of, of the tournament, probably maybe the biggest moment in jiu-jitsu thus And this thus was far. right in front of you, huh? Yeah, it just happened to be right, right oh, there. I got a pretty good man. angle of it. You can see the tap. So now, obviously, this is something that, that's been uh, in contention um, since, since this happened. Is a lot of people saying that maybe that Tex didn't let go right away, that, that, um, that he held it too, a little too long. Um, I mean, you know, obviously... I do see a lot of taps. Like, obviously Felipe, a brutal... His hand is like, pa 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 right? But obviously a brutal submission and, um, you know, heel hooks there, you know, obviously... Can They're do, unforgiving. Do, do a yeah, lot yeah. of damage. Yeah, yeah. They, can, they can do a lot of damage. So you never want to see that and you want to hope that Felipe has a, a speedy recru- recovery, just like yeah. just like Tex said. But I don't know. What do you guys think? What do you, what's, what's y'all... Well, if you watch the, the Here it ref, is in slow motion. I yeah. just want to preface that. This is slow motion, but... <laughs> To me, to me, the key the key moment here and uh, point of contention is when the ref says the fight's over, Tex releases the hold. So in my opinion, yes. it's a pro show, and you're Tex, you're the underdog taking taking on Felipe Pena. It's it's going to be hard to let go until you know it's for sure a win. In my opinion, I agree. I don't yeah. think Tex necessarily did anything wrong here. I mean, he was upset because I'm pretty sure that Felipe's knee popped. Right? I think we can we can assume that happened. Um, now, even though in, in the interview I did after with him, he, he had said he'd felt much worse. Texas felt worse? He's felt much worse. How many knees is Texas? <laughs> <laughs> so take, take whatever you want with that information. But he said he'd felt much worse. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, so Felipe bridges over. He's tapping. Now, he's actually tapping underneath. Like his, The tap is blocked by his own so body. So ref- the referee doesn't see it. Yeah. Right? By the time the referee kind of sees it, and I think even Felipe did he did he verbally tap at that point as well or no? You didn't it's, hear? Yeah, it's hard to. I, I think I think he is kind of yelling at, at, towards the end, being like, "Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. like that." So type you know, of thing. the referee holds his hands up, and the moment the word "stop" comes out of the referee's mouth, Tex lets go and he jumps up. And uh, and this whole moment here was a little bit controversial as well because people were like, "Oh, Felipe was being a dick to him." It's like, no, come on, dude. Like, yeah. you know, Felipe was there, injured. Uh, upset just losing and stuff like it, it's almost like you're still in fight mode it's an intense moment it it's is like and it's almost like Tex was trying to pass his guard right there so I'd probably, <laughs> I'd probably be framing that's the a big man coming well. down at you real fast yeah, I don't know yeah, trying yeah. to knee slice through there <laughs> I, I get Tex's intention he was obviously genuinely trying to apologize it was for a big moment for him, him so. and yeah we all hope of course that Felipe's fine I've seen actually him in the gi in his gym walking around so hopefully it's not as bad as it looked and um we're yet to confirm exactly yeah, yeah. the status of his knee like we were told that he flew back immediately immediately to Brazil like the day after and that uh, you know he would be booking himself in for an MRI so we're still yet to find out the results of that and and, and what that means because yeah. let's not forget that Felipe has a very very big super fight coming up later this year right he's got the ADCC super fight against Andre Galvao in September at the World Championships now that's something that he earned the right for by winning the absolute championships in 2017 so that opportunity only comes around every two years so he's basically got uh from april may june july august september he's got five months to be ready for that now like gordon gordon currently, well, right yeah, yeah like gordon currently having injured his knee uh in february there at the beginning of february at kasai super series well we saw him at kasai pro 5 at that side right and he's still walking around with a knee brace on yep he does he still has the knee brace so yeah, uh, yeah that's two months later so you know uh it, it would be a real shame if two of the biggest names literally the biggest names in uh adcc stroke jiu-jitsu were you know were sort of out of that due to injury but it happens but then be devastating yeah it, it does open the question if felipe is unable to compete 
And Gordon's maybe, you know, second in line because he was a silver medalist at the absolute, but but he can't do it because he's injured as well. Like, damn, does that mean the match is off? Does that mean Andre has to, you know, wait another two years to defend his title? Would he retire? So many questions. It's, it's hard to imagine. I don't want to think about that I know, one. I, know, I don't want right? to be there. <laughs> I'm, hoping that, I'm hoping that it pans out and both guys are back and healthy and ready to go. Um, but we don't know until later later point from now. Yep. <laughs> Man, yeah. I, I did see a I feel great like no news is good news, though. We Like we said, we haven't heard anything from Felipe and stuff. So, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards like no news is good news, that it, that it was just like a, you know, a, a, a thing in the moment and mm. not necessarily a, a long-term thing. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I wouldn't want Tex going belly down on a heel, on an inside heel hook on me, though. Jeez. That's a no. no. That's a no that's for a, me. That's no, a hard no. Uh, and Tex did attribute a lot of um, the last few months' training to, to being with Eddie Cummings so much. Yeah. So Eddie Cummings, of course, went to Unity. Uh, I don't know. When was that? September? Is that a year ago? I, uh, my timeline's all messed up. Yeah, yeah. And, it's kind of soft. Um, Tex has, has been very vocal about Eddie being a great training partner and influencing his game. And, mm. man, it really paid off big for him. And Tex scored two heel hooks that night, right? Tapped out Jackson Souza mm-hmm. as well. And uh, What a crazy performance from Tex. Like, we do have to just just highlight that. that I mean, like, what a, a great performance. He looked on fire. Yeah. And, and, man, Jack just... It's awesome that he submitted got, Felipe. Got a great comment here in the uh, in the Facebook live stream as well from uh, Jai Zelaya saying that what we need is Tex versus Palhares. That's an interesting one, huh? It's interesting. Two big fellas up there. That would be <laughs> intense. That's the kind of match where you think, Christ, do they need like two referees on the stage? <laughs> <laughs> it might be a little too soon for Palhares, though. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was phenomenal, though. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what else from Kasai? Well, of course, the Fleepy Penner is the is the big question. Uh, I think Kainan, man, we, we should we should make sure that we talk about Kainan Duarte, 100%. right? The Kasai Pro Five tournament winner went through that tournament. Technically, didn't get a point scored on him, right? He had points accumulated against him via penalty calls, but mm. technically did not get scored on to win the gold. Looked phenomenal. Tapped out Craig Jones along the way with a rear naked choke. Thoughts and feelings about that. I mean, man, we put out an article this week called Is It the Kainan Duarte Era? And he's winning everything. Gi, no gi. He hooks in. They're out. doesn't matter. Um, the kid is phenomenal. He's 21 years old, protege of Andre Galvao. And he looks so calm and calculated, it's, it's frightening out there. He takes on the best guys in the world, and it seems like he's barely breaking a sweat. You know, and he's doing new, exciting, creative things. That bat tick on Craig Jones was just, like, pure beauty, I think. Apparently, well. they call it the pretzel bolo. The oh, pretzel bolo. Yeah, apparently that's Andre, Andre Galvao calls it the pretzel bolo. And it was really interesting the way that they did it because if you um, if you look at the, the, the actual sequence, he um, it, it almost like it's from the unfair 50-50. Do you know what I mean? It's like when, you, when you're in 50-50. He stood up, right? Yeah, he Kinda stood up. Stood up. And, uh, and his knee is, a, is, sorry, his foot is across the body of Craig. And it looks like Craig's in a perfect position for the outside mm-hmm. heel hook mm-hmm. here. But Kynan just shoves both of Craig's legs over to one side like drops underneath and then hits that Berenbolo-style back yeah, take. Yeah. It's very different to the back take that Felipe Penny used, for example, against yeah. Gordon mm. Ryan, right? But it's a whole new evolution of that whole Berenbolo versus leg lock, you know, which is a kind of... Man, it's actually Rich Byrne, the Kasai Pro uh, CEO, who said to me a, a little while ago, because he's a... I mean, you've rolled with Rich, right? He's Rich a black is a killer, man. Rich and, is and, a killer, yeah. And got a sure. great leg lock game, apparently. Yeah, he's got... Absolutely, man. He's trained a lot with Eddie Cummings as mm. well, and he's very, very knowledgeable in all those, you know, Ashigarami, 
you know, positions and stuff like that. So, well, it was Rich who said to me, he said that, uh, you know, for every Barambolo, there is a leg lock counter, and for every leg lock, there is a Barambolo counter. Okay. I, I was like, I like that. Hmm. Love it. Love and, it. Well, I mean, we've, we've come to see it, you know, that happen, right? So, incredible. But uh, Kynan, what else? I mean, like, you know, what about his performance? Yeah, just, I mean, definitely the, I think the Craig Jones match was, was the, um, the highlight for, for me, of course. That was, like, you know, one of the matches I was looking forward to the whole time. I was thinking Craig versus Kynan, that's the match that I, one of the matches mm. that I wanted to mm. see. I think everybody wanted to see. And, um, you know, it happened. They got put in the same group. We, we knew it was going to happen. And so it was kind of built up. It was the last match. It came down, basically, to whoever, right? Um, I got to double-check the scorecards on that one. Because I'm, I'm tr- Craig had a draw um, with yeah. Pedro Mourinho. I, yeah, the, it, was it was equal. It was equal. On the, it was equal on the on the points going into that final match. Yeah, and I think Craig, Craig I think he was. If, if Craig had submitted Kynan, he would have gone through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. if okay. Craig had won on on points, um, I think actually he potentially still would have gone through because he if had it, a if sub. It had, yeah, if it had uh, been a draw, yeah, then there, there, he would then Craig would have gone through. So Kynan needed to win by points. No, I, I think. If, yeah, either or. Yeah, but it's <laughs> something like that. So uh, yeah, it it, it was like the perfect moment, and and man, and that was a quick match too. You know, he he kind of. Um, Craig got to that position and, and it was and then he took the took the back and it was over so a great performance I think from Kynan and of course probably he had to he had to do he had to do it twice he had to do um, he had to take out the uh, the surging guy who just upset the favorite in the semis right he did it he had to beat Tex and then he at Pans, he had to beat Adam Wardzinski. So, like the guys who were kind of surging, had those big submissions. Kind of had run into Kynan. Kind of had to, had to beat him back <laughs> That's and, a great and, point. and show him what's up, I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah, and kind of you know, I feel bad for the brown belts who were facing him six months ago and the purple belts who were facing him a year ago. You yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I feel bad for those guys. He's twenty one years old. How incredible is that? He's gonna I'm, be around for a long time. Well, I mean, you could potentially say that Kynan stands to have the most successful first year as a black belt ever right we've seen guys come out you know in their first year as a black belt and win the gold medal at the world championships for example marigali is a great example of that in in very recent times but kainan in his first year as a black belt has won europeans pans he's won a numerable innumerable grand slams no gi worlds he's won no gi worlds there you go um he's now won the kasai pro five he's going to do world pro in in two weeks' time. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to go to Worlds. And it's like, if, there's a very good chance that he's going to win gold at all of those. If he does, I don't think that's an achievement that we may ever see repeated again. That is an absolutely incredible thing. And I think the only other person who could potentially claim to have a, a first-year career even coming near to that would be Andre Galvan, who is Kynan's mm-hmm. coach. Well, Isn't I think, that interesting? I think it just goes to show like just the era of jiu-jitsu that we're in right now is that and these guys like Kynan who who have been doing jiu-jitsu for, you know, for for many many years and who started as orange belts or I'm not sure exactly when Kynan started, but you know, like guys like we've been watching lately like the Rotolos and Michael Galvao and stuff like that. These these really young guys and I assume Kynan was a really young um jiu-jitsu practitioner as well and i think it just goes to show like the, just the era that we're in right now i think we're going to see more of these kinds you know more and as guys guys go up through the ranks younger and younger probably too we're going to see some 19 year old black belts some 20 year old black belts in there maybe and um i think yeah i think, I think we'll probably see a lot of these this type of thing i think mm-hmm. in, in the future just because i think you know the the level that we've seen over the years mm. at purple belt at, at juvenile blue belt is, is just so so high 
Yeah. I think the sport's also grown to a certain point to support the the success of these younger athletes. Like, you know, it wasn't possible for a, a first-year black belt to travel as much as Kynan did just, just five years ago because no one had the sponsorships and the point. Pu- publicity. But now he's winning pro shows, getting paid. So he can really kick off his career at a much faster rate than maybe what was possible back in the day. True. So now he's poised to maybe have this takeover and like a decade of achievements just because I forgot that he actually he won spider as well i mean just goes to show mm. that he's been he's been to as far afield as as, as korea <laughs> as europe all over the state tokyo grand slam as well no he wasn't in tokyo okay no but he won rio he won london nah, it's incredible la so but uh and important to note as well that this guy you know just just debuted on the nogi rankings as well right just so so high you know number three pound for pound uh and now that places him as the uh, as the number one guy at the under 99 kilo as well and let's not forget as well that he's already been invited he's going to be at adcc this year mm-hmm. as well over 99 right he's over 99 he's in the heavyweight yeah. that over 99 with yuri in there orlando sanchez Bouchesha, it's craziest um, division, I think. Nick Rodriguez, yeah. that is fun. Cyborg is in there. Like that over ninety nine division is is insane. That, yeah, that's gonna be fun. And just just a, a couple more things on Kasai, maybe just to wrap it up. But but I just the whole I got to be there the whole week in Kasai, and it's such, it's really something special that that whole week. The way you know everybody was is in town, and and it's such a New York um, centric experience you know being there at the hammerstein ballroom uh right down the street is henzo's and marcello's and and, and unity and and vitor shaolin's and and uh, man just what an amazing experience i love the, the way that they uh, they build things up for for kasai you know and just being there for the the felipe penna buchecha mm. uh, training session at yeah we even at, talk about that that's a henzo's <laughs> like that was just like one of the most insane days i think uh, of my flow grappling experience you know my okay f- here's the question what was it like to be a fly in the wall for that session Man, it was just like I honestly just had a huge smile on my face like the entire time, you know. And like I was, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be the guy who was just like looking over everybody's shoulder the, the, the whole time, you know. But yeah, I mean, it was just like just to see, and, and on top of it, on the mats is Nikki Ryan, Ethan Cranlinston, um, you know, John Gordon Ryan. Craig the, Jones is over in one Craig, corner. Craig as well. Jones yeah. was over on his <laughs> Australian corner, um, <laughs> but just like I mean, those are the best. Those are the top five grapplers in the world you know mm-hmm. Bouchesha Felipe uh, Gordon Craig you know all, all those guys those are guys li- who are literally one two three four five the best grapplers in the world all on one mat um, taking direction from John you know talking to each other it was uh, it was like it was really a, a special thing to see I think so it's interesting right because uh, obviously Felipe and Gordon have history you know mm-hmm. they Felipe's do beaten Gordon twice and uh, Homolo has Gordon history. has fought Homolo and he beat him and then Bouchesha is uh, has has hasn't fought uh, Gordon ever, but you know Gordon's talked his fish. There's attention smack, there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure yeah. Bushesh has ever said Gordon's name though, like ever. No, <laughs> so. exactly. But to see them literally sat around in a circle, sharing details on like heel hook techniques and stuff like that. I mean, you just we never imagined that we would ever see that happen. I literally never thought I would see the day. Right? Yeah, I think they were. A little shocked and confused too, like at, at just at first, you know. It's just like, wow, this is happening. I yeah, guess. yeah. Like I think they they didn't maybe even Bushesha. Bushesha like was like, bro. He's like, I was gonna go to Times Square today, you know. <laughs> he, he, he was just in town. He had just had a layover in, wow. in New York City, and he was like, I was just gonna go to Times Square today, and, and here he is on the mats with with Gordon and John and everybody. 
Um, they brought him as backup, like, hey, I don't know how this is going to go. So, Bushesha, come with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's some pretty good backup, right? So. So yeah, I mean, just the just the whole the whole experience, and obviously going to Unity, and, and uh, we took a trek out to Tenth Planet Bethlehem, which was um, a fun time out there. We had and uh, just the whole experience, the whole the whole um, build up to the event is is really something special. So I'm really really thankful to be a part of it. Yeah, man, it's incredible, really. It's like, I'm very jealous. I gotta say, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you 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 did a lot of um, of bouncing around the city that week, and um, now. I'm not sure if you put this out yet, right? This is still something that uh, that we've got to uh, to release on Flow Grappling. But you sat down and you did a, a couple of interviews with John Danaher, as we generally do when we're in New York, because any chance you get to sit down and talk to John is one of those things you try not to pass up, right? But um, you spoke to him a little bit about this whole uh, the meta game in Nogi, right? Now, this is a conversation that really um, came to the forefront via Keenan Cornelius. He was the one who coined that term, the meta game, meaning the, the kind of looking at it from the bigger picture, the overall strategies, the kind of the changing face of no-gi jiu-jitsu as opposed to the kind of the micro techniques, which is the specific, you know, this heel hook or that heel hook or this mm. guard pass, the overall meta game. And, uh, and you and John got into this, right? So can you tell us a little bit about what that conversation was like? Yeah, actually, I also talked to... Um talked about it with uh, Craig Jones a little bit too and that that is up on on the site already so you can see that one right now but um, yeah I talked to Craig and and John a little bit about the Nogi metagame just because it's such a hot topic these days with what Keenan was talking about and then um, ADCC coming up and everything it seems like everybody's kind of um, looking to what the next thing is and and you know we were at the ADCC trials there you know and I, this is what I think John reinforced a lot um, a lot of what what Keenan said, you know, and he really doubled down on um, on the leg locks being a you know being the kind of I don't know the, the crux of nogi grappling at at the moment because it was like you know and he said I remember him saying you know we were at the ADCC trials together and and you know everywhere you looked you saw heel hooks really well, right? absolutely I, mean, I I remember that like just the the opening the first hour or so of the ADCC trials there the West Coast trials and. Um, I was just looking around, and it's like every single mat had people battling for leg locks. And I thought to myself, John Danaher, you've got a lot to answer for. (laughs) (laughs) But people are obviously paying attention to that, and they've... they're studying it and then they're using it to various degrees of success, right? There was some, yeah. you know, some effective and some less than effective. But the thing is that people understand like that is what a lot of nogi grappling is nowadays. But it's not just the leg locks; it's leg locks and what what is the other thing that they identified? Yeah, and then you know he was saying that that basically ADCC a lot of matches right are are kind of a, a submission only match followed by a wrestling match, and that that's kind of what what decides a lot of the um a lot of the ADCC matches is, is a lot of wrestling and things. So it's like if you can't submit the person with a with a heel hook, well, you better be able to take them down because, you know, those are those are really surefire way to get points in, in ADCC. So, uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of wrestling. Nogi, uh, no definitely, I think this is what Keenan was saying too. I think a lot of – John did agree with a lot of it. But he, he added some of his own points as well, um, just about it being a, a very leg lock and uh, wrestling centric game these days you know and you got to have takedowns and you got to have you got to know how to defend the leg locks and have offensive movements off the leg locks i mean even securing a sweep in nogi is basically 
turns into a wrestling yeah. match. It's so yeah. hard to just come up and stay on top of somebody. Yeah. They'll squirrel out and, and yeah, run away from you. you got to be able to shoot. And so, um, yeah, I mean, the stats do prove it. I did a breakdown after the first ADCC European trials, and heel hooks were double the next closest submission as far as totals. It had 26 heel hooks in the event, and rear naked choke was at 13, and the rest of them fell for that. So if you want to be a good nogi grappler at, at an ADCC type of level, you have to know some heel hooks yeah. and there's no excuse nowadays i think that you know even even at the 2017 adcc world championships we, actually we, i guess josh hanger would would probably uh he knows how to defend <laughs> i even uh he even tricked on Val yesterday on instagram post but even at the 2017 adcc world championships we we saw examples of people who were less than prepared for the leg locks right and um man i mean there's just no excuse for that now right i think there is absolutely no uh, reason why you can't learn everything there is and you need to know about heel hooks and be prepared for them before you go into a no-gi tournament because it's uh, it's just a thing. It, like maybe back in the day, you know, people wouldn't teach them for whatever reason or, you know, a lot of competitions banned them so people didn't have the opportunity to work on them. Now, like if you don't know them, yeah, you're really going to have a hard time, right? Yeah. I think also, too, like, it's just less people staying out of, like, trying to stay out of those positions, mm. right? Because in the, in the past, maybe they, people had just been trying to stay out of those positions altogether. Uh, but now, you know, both guys feel comfortable there. Both guys feel that they can bring offense to those positions. And, and then that obviously is somebody's getting caught or something like that. Plus, yeah. I think the, the entries have gotten... I don't know, more complicated or a little bit more refined. Guys are better at the wrestling stuff so they can engage a bit more than just butt scooting. You know, we're seeing more rolling entries being a pretty common way to, like, close a distance and enter a leg lock. Um, that's kind of a standard part of the game now, I think. And if you look back, to me at least, uh, like 2013 is a real turning point for heel hooks at that ADCC. I feel like that was the year that I remember, like, everyone just getting a heel hook. And then it's become sort of standardized from then and, and I don't know, more widely studied, I would say. Fair point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to wrap up, fam- favorite moments from Kasai Pro 5? Anything in particular that stands out to you? <clears throat> Craig Jones losing because fuck Craig Jones. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. We love you, Craig. Yeah, Craig's, Craig's a man. I have a lot of fun with Craig. Um, <laughs> I think it's got to be watching Kind of compete. You know, the, mm-hmm. the biggest moment might have been the heel hook, but for me, just watching someone dominate and just know that that's like a shining star for the next few years is, is a pretty big deal. Reed? I mean, I think just the the, the low hanging fruit is Tex, and, and also I think we, we should say wish Tex a speedy recovery. I think we all know that he he mm. um, went out there to or went out to New Mexico for for some some um, rehab. I'm not exactly mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. sure what I guess, but uh, you know, obviously we hope the best for for Tex as well. It was you know the, probably the biggest night of his of his uh, competition career, and then basically the next day to kind of have to switch gears and, and deal with his uh, personal health. I'm, I'm sure that was a lot. So definitely. All the best to Tex, and, and I, I'm going to say Tex is definitely the guy who who, who impre- impressed me the most that day. But you know what I did like was that John Blank um, armbar. I was going to say get, that. Oh, I'm sorry. Ah, I stole it. I stole it. Oh, you got it. <laughs> Back it up. We'll, we'll, we'll take this part out. It's no, cool. no, it's, it's good. Cool. It's good. You get that one because there were so many other things. I've got other things to choose from. Um, yeah, the John Blank armbar was so cool. Yeah, Man, it was The slick. way he caught that. It was like he was like defending north-south or something. And it's like, I don't even know how he got that. Right? Yeah, it was slick. And, and Pedro was looking tough. You know, he's looking really hard to like score that on. That kid's and, good, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, didn't you train with John Blank earlier in the week as well? Mm. Oh, I man, I trained with him, yeah. And he's just like a, a granite rock. Like he was just like one of those hard-nosed, blue-collar dudes. Um, yeah, he just had like a grip of of 
you know, something really <laughs> grippy. And he he, he, he even says, right? Uh, he even, or you even say that, he, you know, rolling with him, he's just able to pull out arm bars from anybody. That was right? his thing. Yeah, I asked mm. him all about it. And he was, he was saying, he was like, yeah, I just love to do arm bars from like really weird angles and stuff like that. And he that was exact, it. Like, exactly yeah. it. Yeah. Really cool. Um, well, I, okay, then. So I'm going to throw it over to, uh, I, I really enjoyed the three super fights. All three of them. I thought they were they were great matches for different reasons. Obviously, Misa Bastos versus Fiona Watson was a, was a, a really cool display. Misa she suffers from being so small, right? It's actually hard for her to find opponents. Gi or no Gi, she's pretty much wiped out the entire competition already, and she's only nine months into her black belt career. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so you know Fiona Watson was a new opponent, and you know she did it no Gi as well, and she came out there and, and she looked great. She got the submission. Um, Dante over Edwin Najmi was uh, was incredible. That as was well. a, that was just a crazy match. Wasn't that, it? that whole match was crazy? They were going out of bounds and then going one side of the mat, the other side of the mat, and you know you love love watching Edwin. Hundred percent. So glad to see him back on the mats competing and it looked really good out there. You know he didn't win the match, but uh, he had some good moments. And so man, Edwin's yeah. dangerous, and Dante was very very um, you know kind of open about that fact as well he's like yeah i had to be really really careful you know he had a his strategy was to kind of get underneath the legs and to you know invert like he likes to do and come up on a leg and then kind of try and take the back or reverse because you know screw shooting in on edward najmi you're gonna get dust yeah, you yeah, know what i mean yeah. like he's just waiting for you to catch him with those long arms but it was crazy like they went off the mat a couple times didn't they and edwin even landed off the stage and i think he kind of a little bit winded and stuff off that too so yeah know. i was rehashing that match back just uh, the other day in my head and i was like oh that was a crazy match it was wild <laughs> yeah but I, I i think that dante proved that you know he is um you know yeah. one of kasai's up-and-coming stars after his submission win over Mateus lutis there at the super series earlier this year and his win over edwin now by submission in very similar fashion right mm-hmm. the way that he kind of got the back came up with a body lock and then finished with a rear naked um you know phenom- phenomenal performance and i think that you know that really I, I definitely think there's some weight behind his uh his his claim to you know being next in line for a title shot against hanado i'd love to see the match that's a great match yeah. yeah dante is for sure one of the best in the world so he deserves it yeah, yeah. and of course the marcus tonaco homolo match as well was really cool because i just uh aside from the technique aside from the actual you know the action that we saw in the match uh, man, I, 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 I read that match really vibe with me for some reason. I think it was just the the emotion from Marcus Tanaka after winning. Mm-hmm. You know, it was such a big deal for him because he won in front of his friends, his family. You know, his wife and his daughter. You know, that he's like lives in New York. His his Marcelo Garcia family. You know, the gym is like four blocks away or something. You know, it was a, a really emotional moment for him to win, and I was very very pleased for him to see that obviously you know we love watching homolo we love watching everybody compete but you know when you see a story like that it's like wow it's, it's hard not to not to kind of you know feel something for him right so 100 so the next kasai is actually being confirmed and it's going to be july 4th and that's the kasai super series so it's a return to the straight lineup of head-to-head matches and um yeah that's going down july 4th in orlando florida and it's going to be a disney world <laughs> on Thursday, July 4th in that's a Disney cra- World. It's a crazy venue, boys. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Mickey's you know? about to get heel hooked, yeah. bro. <laughs> <laughs> it should be fun. It should be a lot of fun. Well, um, guys, it's been pretty badass finally catching up for a while. Uh, don't forget we have all these amazing live events coming up with uh, Fight to Win this weekend, Fight to Win the weekend after. We've got ADCC European Trials from Poland. Uh, this is the last chance for the Europeans to confirm their shot at the World Championships. 
we will be there and we'll be bringing the action to you live and on demand and of course then uh, the weekend after next Chase and I we're going to be in Abu Dhabi for the UAE JGF Abu Dhabi World Pro this is it this is one of the biggest jiu-jitsu tournaments in the world it's a blast and you guys can't miss that one man incredible right three days of some of the highest level jiu-jitsu you'll see incredible international extravaganza and um, Chase what are we looking forward to from that anything that stands out well um, Joel Gabriel Hosha is on the list of athletes and man I Ooh. am dying to see him compete again so that's super exciting also just saw that Tommy Langacker and Levi Jones Leary are in the same division 77 kilograms it's a match that I was hoping to see back in January at the Abu Dhabi Grand Slam but they're going to run it back maybe they'll meet this time and that's just a battle of two Barambolo Kings uh-huh. uh, you know Tommy might have the answer because he trains with Espen Matiasen, who is also one of the best Baron Bowlers on the planet. If anybody so. does, you know, well, it's I true. mean, we said that if anybody does, Hanato would, right? Because he trains with Mikey. Um, and, like, there's a short list of people who you could sort of put in that same position, right? And, of course, Tommy trained with Espen. Mm-hmm. You'd have to think that he's one of those other guys potentially has the answer i actually think tommy because tommy is less like straight up gangster like that he would just be like no screw it i'm gonna baron bolo you leave right? <laughs> i bet that's what he's thinking <laughs> Good. just to prove the point he would go out there so um a lot of great names though i would another one Pro. that stands out yeah, for yeah. me as well is that kynan and urbeth are currently in the same division spicy that's wild because urbeth is signed up in 94 kilos uh, which is unusual because we've seen him at 110 for, for a long time now. And he's dropping to 94 uh, for now at least. Whether that will change, we don't know. But you just mentioned something there that makes me think, well, maybe that's the reason why he's doing 94 because Joao Gabriel signed up at 110. Mm-hmm. Those two definitely have some heat. Uh, Joao yeah. came back and beat Herbert at, what, 2017 pans? That was a crazy match. Herbert w- right. uh, was kind of kind of running uh, re- running shop on, on Joao and then came back. So. Mm-hmm. If anybody can uh, can do it, can stop Urbeth in his mm. tracks, and it would be Joao. But the the prospect of seeing Urbeth versus Kynan is is man, that is wild. That's <laughs> uh, if Kynan does it and he beats him and he wins World Pro, just another man, you know, just cements that even further that that first year of black belt career is just phenomenal. So that and much more to come over the next couple of weeks. Don't forget, fight to win every single weekend. Some big big matches, guys. It's been great to catch up. We'll see you again soon, I hope.